2020 NBA Draft presented by State Farm tonight at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, if you guys are going to be checking that out. LaMelo Ball is saying that he was born to be the number one overall pick, and a lot of people are saying that he's going to be the overall number one pick in this draft. I just feel like this whole draft will be a whole skeptical in its own self. Uh, a lot of little flashy, flashy dressers, um, little antics. It's going to be a turned up draft, I feel like. And a lot of people are talking about their paying attention to the Warriors because they have the number two pick of this draft. If you guys go on ESPN, you can go on the 2020 draft preview and you could find your team and find out what number they are, what what pick they have. So on their mock draft, they have Anthony Edwards coming in at the number one pick. He's 6'5", 220 pounds, and his bitch, 225 pounds. And all these uh, three of the top projected picks, they're all 19 years old. He's a shooting guard, Anthony Edwards. Then we have James Wiseman. He's 7 foot 1 inches, and he's 240 pounds. He's a center. And they're projecting on here LaMelo Ball coming in as the third pick. And he's 6'7", 181 pounds. When I seen him standing to next to his brothers, I was I was surprised at his size now. He's got a lot bigger. And I always thought that he had a good game. But the biggest question of this topic, is he going to be the number one pick? Obviously, they have this mock draft on here. I just wanted to give an example. But a lot of people are saying that LaMelo Ball is actually going to go number one. Is LaMelo Ball going to be the number one pick? Yes or no? What do you guys think? And also, who's excited about whoever their team is, who they could possibly pick up in this 2020 draft? Also, I was reading reports the other day that they were making a few trades to bring Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. That was the reports that I was reading directly from ESPN. So I believe that they are true. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. Uh, maybe if they brought in a big man over there, they can make something happen over there. But anyways, what do you guys think? Any basketball fans out there? If LaMelo Ball is not going to be number one, who's going to draft this young boy? And is he going to be living up to the hype that he and his family have built for himself and he's built for himself by playing in the professional league overseas and just doing his thing. So is he going to live up to the hype in the NBA? Because, yes, those those men over in Lithuania or wherever it was, yes, they are professional players, but they're not the NBA so let's see. Let's see if he lives up to the hype. Hopefully he does. But that that was a question. Is is this young boy, he going to come out here and be the number one draft pick tonight? Are you guys tuning in? Go tune in. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's go. Let's go. Moving along. Let's talk about my geographic listeners. Let's talk about statistics just for a second. 
I want to say thank you to Arizona, California. You guys are still neck and neck as far as my listener support. California, you guys are off by like 4%, but you guys are running shit out there. Let's get, let's shout out some big cities out in Arizona and California. Those are my biggest support system, my biggest support system in the United States, period. Shout out to Phoenix, Mesa, Chandler, Queen Creek, Scottsdale, Gilbert, Glendale, Santan Valley, Tempe, Apache Junction, Surprise, Sun City, El Mirage, Peoria. Shout out to Arizona. I love you. Let's go to California. Let's give you a rundown. I want I want you guys to hear your city when I'm talking about you guys. Make sure you guys know that I love you. Shout out to Mountain View. That's my biggest California listenership out there. Mountain View, Santa Ana, Anaheim, Los Angeles, Moreno Valley, San Jose, Ontario, Fremont, Arteza, Buena Park, Oakland, Sherman Oaks, El Cajon, Chula Vista, West Covina, San Fernando, Granada Hills, Sacramento, Modesto, South Pasadena, Auburn, Encino, West Sacramento, Culver City, San Diego, Simi Valley, Madera, Panorama City, California. I love you guys so much. And everywhere else in the world and the United States. I'm not even going to run the whole United States down, but I love all you guys so much everywhere you're at. Texas, Maryland, everywhere else that shows big support. United States, Ireland, Russia, Poland, Canada, United Kingdom, Germany, Sweden, Austria, Turkey, Japan, Netherlands, Philippines, Australia, India, Norway, Spain, Singapore, Israel, Taiwan. Let's go. Okay, as I was talking about in the last episode, we have the Jeezy versus Gucci Mane versus battle coming up. And Jeezy just released a song that was dissing 50 Cent and Freddie Gibbs. After these reports of this versus battle coming out, right? Jeezy called out Freddie Gibbs and 50 Cent on his song called Therapy for My Soul. I listened to the song. The beat was cool. I feel like he could have did a better job in the song, but maybe his point for it was just to make the points that he was making. So the song's called Therapy for My Soul, if you guys want to go check it out and listen to it for yourself. But that's when he started addressing Freddie Gibbs and 50 Cent. If you don't know who Freddie Gibbs is, he, he was signed to Jeezy at one point, and now they don't have a good relationship, the easiest way to say it. They, they've they been beefing for a long time, publicly, I could say. But here's the lyrics, um, just a little part where he started talking about Gibbs, because the stuff that, let's we'll, we'll just start there. <laughs> And it, and it really wasn't a real disrespectful diss. It just basically, here we go. He said, if 1-5 wasn't my dog, I've wouldn't have touched him. When that shit went down with Gibbs, I couldn't trust him. 
Invested my hard-earned money, tied up my bread. But he gon' try to kill you on flaw that's in his head. It's happening just the way I said it. Good on your own. And if I'm honest, nothing gangster about you. Leave this alone. That's what he said about Gibbs, right? So that was the most disrespectful thing he said. Oh, you're not gangster, right? So that must have hurt his feelings because he was... he. I seen a video Gibbs posted today, possibly last night, a few videos talking about how Jeezy got choked in the club, got put in a headlock, and he stopped at one time, and just talking about something else, basically trying to expose something about whatever, but I'm not picking sides, I'm just saying it's funny to watch different artists when they have big news come up, up, up about them. The things that they try to promote and put out during that time. And you chose to promote this diss track with that. Because you could have did something else with that beat, to be honest. If you really want to be honest, go listen to the song. He could have did something else with that beat and did a better job. I'm talking about Jeezy, the song that we are speaking about, Therapy for My Soul. So later in the track, he speaks on 50 Cent. For, and maybe earlier this year, I guess he called him out in a connection with the early release of BMF Southwest T. Jeezy ultimately did reconnect with T, but 50 Cent had initially alleged that Jeezy was ignoring the phone calls and avoiding him, this and that. How he got that information, I don't know, maybe... Southwest T made that public or he spoke to 50 Cent personally. Who knows? But this is what he supposedly said about 50 Cent, right? Well, not supposedly he used his name. So let's go. He goes, since we talking boss talk, let's address the sucker shit. Grown man playing on Instagram, real sucker shit. Why the f this clown playing with my legacy sold in the streets? That's some shit that you will never be. Oh, he said solid in the streets. I'm sorry, solid in these streets. That's some shit that you'll never be talking about power, but that we do the most. In real life, you really borrow money from ghosts. All that little boy shit, yeah, make it evident. Made millions in the streets. What the fuck, 50 Cent? So that's what he said about 50 Cent. 50 Cent hasn't responded yet, which is surprising, but he obviously will. I don't really see a person that he hasn't responded to. That's just his thing, right? Going back and forth with the motherfucker trying to be funny, right? Gibbs had shared his thoughts of it all. And he put a couple of videos out, like I said, explaining that BMF put Jeezy in a headlock um, in front of him. And he said, you got to come harder than this, Snowflake. You know? So, I, I don't know. Now they're just, you know, posting all these things online. Basically, Freddie Gibbs, but 50 Cent hasn't responded. Besides that, do you guys think this versus battle will actually happen? Because Gucci Man was posting memes about killing Jeezy's friend and all type of crazy stuff. So, do you think this is actually going to happen? And I was reading reports that both of them are conducting after parties I'm guessing separate ones after the versus battle to basically claim their victory. What do you guys think? 
Taylor Swift says Scooter Braun tried to silence her before a $300 million music sale. Taylor Swift was accusing her manager of not letting her release music, not actually selling the $300 million worth of her catalog to her and blocking her out of the deal, basically, because she wanted to purchase her catalog back. And she probably would have paid that or more for it. A few days ago, they reported that her manager, Scooter, at the time, Scooter Braun, had sold the rights of the singer's early catalog to an unnamed private equity company for more than $300 million. The sale came from more than a year after Braun's Ithaca Holdings acquired the Nashville-based Big Machine label group, including the rights to Swift's first six albums. At the time, Taylor Swift described the music manager taking control of her masters as the worst-case scenario. She wrote an open letter that accused this man, Scooter Braun, of manipulative bullying throughout her career. The fallout created deep divides in the music community, supposedly, with other artists like Kelly Clarkson, Halsey, defending Swift while others backed Scooter Braun like Demi Lovato. So anyways, and he probably was se- he probably was selling her the drugs at that time, Scooter Braun to Demi Lovato. Let me continue. In a lengthy note posted to Twitter on Monday after news of the most recent sale broke, Taylor Swift said she hoped to clear all these things up about the headline making deal. She said before the sale, the Grammy winner explained that she entered into negotiations with Scooter Braun to actively regain ownership of her master recordings, but things quickly fell apart. Scooter's team wanted her to sign an ironclad non-disclosure stating that I would never say another word about Scooter Braun unless it was positive before he could even look at the financial records of BMLG, which is always the first step in any of these purchases of this nature. She said, I would have to sign a document that would silence me forever before I could even have a chance to bid on my own work. She went on to add that her legal team has never seen an NDA like this presented unless it was to silence an assault accuser by paying them off. He would never even quote my team a price. Like I said, she probably would pay even more than what he was asking for, but he was petty and didn't even want to sell it to her. It was all about her not talking about him or talking about this happening. She said, these master recordings were not for sale to me. It's crazy just to think about this because you think that just because she's a singer and she's not a rapper or like a rock star that she's not dealing with crazy things as far as business is concerned. People trying to screw her. All types of things, right? You think it would just be like a a nice a nicer world compared to like a rap artist or some type of other artist, right? But you see this right here. She basically got swindled out of $300 million of her own work from making a bad deal and dealing with a bad person.
So this is not just a rap thing. And and then you see that this uh, her whole lane, her pop music, whatever the the correct category is to call Taylor Swift. The money is a lot bigger than these rappers, too, with her royalties talking about 300 million. And I was just a portion of her actual catalog worth. Let's go. Shout out to Name a Game Podcast, bitch.